0: Welcome to the wide world of eSports, a show devoted to all things eSports. I'm your host, Catherine Knorr. Today in this Back to School episode, um, we have Randall Fujimoto, the Executive Director and Game-Based Learning Designer of Game Train Learning. Our topic is Game-Based Learning, and uh, we're looking forward to learning all about it. Welcome, Randall.
1: Oh, well, Thanks, Catherine. Good to be here.
0: All right, so how did you get involved in eSports?
1: Let's see, so I got involved in the video game industry from the beginning, so I've worked in the video game industry, and um, after a while there, I decided to get into education, a high, kind of a higher calling, I guess. And, and in education, um, always the problem um, has been for, for quite a while is how do you make education more engaging? And so I thought with a with a gaming background, I'd kind of combine that with um, instructional design. I got a degree in instructional design and and um, decided to um, use gaming and game-like thinking and trying to make education more engaging and enjoyable like it should be. So my mission um, since that time about um eight, nine years ago, is to um, use game-based learning in all all phases of education, from um, preschool all the way to adult. Um, How do you make education um, more game-like, more more fun, engaging like a game? So um, I've been working on different game-based learning projects, um, programs, for a while. And which brings us to eSports, which is the latest. gaming, uh, game-based learning type program that I'm working on. So that brings us here.
0: All right, so do you call it gamification?
1: Um, good question, question to get often asked. Um, so game-based learning is different from gamification. So gamification uh, like literally is, the, the technical term is is making something that is not a game into something that's more like a game. Okay. So it's taking like chores and trying to make it into a game. Game-based learning, on the other hand, is uh, is a so i is, is a broader term. It it means um, it's not just using digital games um, or educational games. It's 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 using everything that that's a game um, or uh, game-like thinking or gamified process like gamifying your classroom activities or lessons like that. So, when when I think of uh, game-based learning, I think of this broad area of using digital games using analog games using game design projects that kids are making games and then using um any other like new media uh vr ar all the new technologies even um in-person escape rooms or um immersive uh, you've got you've got uh in-person experiences like um over here, I'm in the LA area. So uh, down in Disneyland, they've got uh, Galaxy Edge, where it's kind of like you're playing inside the Star Wars games, right? Mm-hmm. So so things like that are all, if if we add learning to that um, and, and focus on learning, that's game-based learning. And so gamification is a subset, I consider that a subset of the whole universe of game-based learning.
0: Okay, so there's an escape room in Waikiki. If I go to that, is that, a game based learning
1: experience it is a game based learning experience if, if there's learning going on so oh. generally escape rooms are just solve a puzzle solve a puzzle solve a puzzle but it could be a math escape uh, game based learning experience that if every puzzle is related to math right then it becomes a game based learning experience
0: okay now, I mean, I have another example for you. Okay, um, my brother and I we uh, use Duolingo all the time, and we're learning a whole bunch of different languages, and you know, kind of trying to rack up the points and learn, you know, various languages. Is that game-based learning or is that gamification?
1: That's more gamification. Um it is taking language learning which is typically taught just by you know just by repeating after me or something like that or identify the vocabulary it's taking that and and adding game elements game mechanics to it like your points or your levels or whatever it also added a a story mode right um that's what i heard yeah that's supposed to be pretty fun so that that's um so when you think about um gamifying something it's um it works when it it uh, focuses on the intrinsic motivators so things like adding a story gives the the player or the user. Like a purpose in continuing on right so very it's motivating that way it's not so much this point or this gold star, I want to do that, which is an ex- extrinsic motivator those types of systems usually don't work or, or last for very long but. um, sure. yeah but. The, the way that they're doing it, I think the story mode has a lot of promise.
0: Okay. Okay. So when I was in school, um, there was no game-based learning, as far as I could tell. It was just, lear- you learn, and uh, we're not going to make this fun. Um, at what point did game-based learning um, come into fashion in our history?
1: Hmm. Um, okay. Let's see if I can give you, give you a little history lesson as far as I know that that. Um, so remember, the, there's a game called Oregon Trail like a long time ago. And and um, they just did a remake of it. So looking into the like history of it. But that was um, I don't know when that was the 70s or so. Um, but that was just like the simple like um, graphic of this wagon going across the, the country and learning about history of, of the Oregon Trail. And so that was uh, one of the first successful, I guess what they called edutainment back then. Um, And It started to that that got popular along with um, maybe a couple of the games. And then, so that got got software companies thinking that this is a good area to go into because obviously they want to make money. But they found that it was very hard to get these games really popular and good and and fun and make them fun and get them into schools and into kids' hands. So they found that business model very tough. So it kind of took a dip down. Um, And then, maybe in the early 2000s, we started seeing more. more interest in game-based learning and in use maybe that's the time um things like minecraft right came onto the scene and instead of being an entertainment game the like the, they found that oh we can use this to like teach Math or teach English or, or or teach like different things just using this entertainment game, and then been, there became this renewed interest in using games in schools. And then we also realized that we are in the uh, gamer generation where um, kids and even the young teachers, right? They grew up with Nintendo or, or Atari or whatever, and they and so so this whole gamer generation um, is is here now and. And our our medium of today happens to be games you know, like before it was like videos and then before that it was like like uh, pictures and books, but today um, we've got like almost every kid is an adult almost is, is a gamer and so to me what this means is that. Um, that we have a whole generation that thinks and learns differently. They think and learn like a gamer does because we played thousands and thousands of hours of games, right? So obviously that playing, doing something over and over and over, it affects how you think and how you behave. And actually it physically rewires the brain, the The, uh, the amount of gaming that we've done. And so how does that manifest in behavior is that it, this is what I call a, a gainful mindset, meaning that um, I go through like the gainful mindset person goes through life thinking and learning a little bit differently than in previous generations so for example uh, the gamer expects continuous feedback for everything right we want to we move our character we move our avatar a little bit we do something we get feedback from the game immediately and and we expect feedback for every single thing we do but then you contrast that with schools right you turn in an essay maybe a few days later maybe you get it back with a grade and maybe that's it right and then you move on so you've got a lot of you know of summative assessment in schools right so it's it's a lot of summative assessment but in games it's all formative assessment and so you're getting a whole bunch of formative assessment which is what gamers expect and so that's that's you know one of the very one of the many characteristics of the, the gameful mindset another key one um related kind of related to that is that is that with all this feedback you expect to fail over and over but you 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 you're okay with it you so you embrace failure and you learn from that and you learn how to iterate and 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 a, you experiment you're okay with experimenting and then iterating and learning from that so this is how the gamer approaches school approaches um, career approaches life right they approach it through the lens of a gamer and this is this is where um, We need to have our schools and our activities that the kids do, we need to have them um, on the same same wavelength, right, in order to really connect with students. So,
0: Sure. Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting thing. Um, A few weeks ago, um, I interviewed Dexter Carr Jr., and we talked about uh, uh, kind of the gamer generation, and I call them Gen G. And... So, you know, it's interesting because as you talk about that, I'm thinking as an employer, I have a law firm, that I have had employees that require more feedback than what I would think would be normal. And so I do think that perhaps in business environments, that perhaps the employers need to understand this Gen G and that they need feedback on a more significant or more frequent basis um than um other generations what do you think of that
1: yeah i fully agree and i think uh, as like as you know the next few years or so we'll get the hiring managers also as gamers so they kind of understand that and they'll say that that oh our old method doesn't work that we need to um we need to ask different questions we need to give like maybe more interactive type of thing um mm-hmm. and, and give give uh, much better much more prompt feedback so um, I think as we go along, we kind of understand how the gamers think, and and as more people are gamers, then we get more into that that type of mode.
0: Sure, you know, and I I think that if you're looking at um, the gameful mindset in schools, and if you're thinking about gamification and game based learning in schools, then I think you could actually expand it to uh apply to work and apply to apply it to industry and apply it to what you know to have more effective workplaces what do you think about that
1: oh definitely yeah and you already see that with um with um like gamified sales systems that uh right you try to like um you're you're going through your sales, and you're actually going through a game, and you're actually playing a game with the other salespeople, kind of thing. So the more it can become a, an actual, a real game, the more invested you get into it, and then the, the more it feels like you're you're playing a game and less like you're just doing actual actual work. So I think we'll we'll see quite a bit of that, um, and and this is where innovation comes in, and and um, if we need we need um, students that graduate that can think that way and that have creative minds and uh, i think um you know shows like this obviously help because they they help expand um your mindset and and your thinking and and your ideas so um i definitely think we'll see that in in the workplace as we go forward
0: so tell us more about your company game train learning
1: yeah so um Basically, the mission is to focus on how to make all education more engaging through uh, the use of game based learning and um, and so any projects that we take on um, have um, the the uh, a direct impact on um, on how to change education and how to introduce new ideas into education that that are more um, game like and more um, more engaging for students. So, um, like, I have um, we're making, working on maybe about half a dozen different projects right now, and so all of them all have the same focus. They might have different different demographics, um, different areas, but um, they all have the same focus. So, if I can talk about uh, this esports program that I'm involved in, um, since it's an esports show, uh, that. Uh, We approach esports, not like other um, other like esports startups, most most of them are focused on on making leagues and on like um, um, like gathering teams and and uh, like uh, creating that infrastructure, we're focused on what are the educational benefits of of esports and so looking at it from a game based learning standpoint. um, We. So the 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 soft skills or life skills or social emotional intelligence, uh, all those types of 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 non cognitive skills, whatever you want to call them, are so important in in a child, in a student, in and adults um, like future future in in everything. And so um, so I'm a big believer in in the importance of these skills. And so we we took a look at. Um, at the universe of soft skills and analyzed uh about 165 different soft skills in this universe and we partnered with a uh, uh, research university and asked them which of these soft skills uh, can we um can actually be measured one and and can be are, are malleable can be developed so out of these soft skills they came up with a list of 33 and then they looked at all the research and then narrowed it down to these 33 skills and out of these 33 skills we looked at esports and we said which of these skills can we uh, both assess and develop in esports and um, we came away with a framework of 15 different skills and we 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 grouped those into five different categories leadership communication teamwork problem solving and character and through our eSports program, we help kids develop all 15 of these skills they they understand. We assess them, give them prompt feedback, continuous feedback, and then help them develop these 15 skills just by playing eSports on their teams. So that's our whole premise, is we help kids become better humans by simply by playing eSports, because they are developing, they see that they're developing these critical life skills
0: what games are they playing
1: so um, our program is actually game agnostic so they can be playing any team game we started off with league of legends and um, we also use um, we're we're doing a minecraft program Um, we want to do um, basically any any popular esports games that are out there and then also we're we're looking at our process because we're basically an analytics company we take in data and then we we analyze it and we say you are good or deficient in these areas and these skills. And this is the way that you can improve them. And this is what it also means for your future careers. What type of careers um, could, if you excel at these areas, what type of careers can you excel at? So we're actually program agnostic you know, as long as it's a team activity. So we can we're we're gonna um expand into like regular sports and into other into classroom project-based lesson um and so any team activity we can use our platform terrific and it's called we think by the way so okay
0: sure um okay you know so it's kind of interesting because a lot of there's been a lot of growth in esports in the last few years and certainly during the pandemic Uh, but you're you've been around for a while so how has this recent um huge kind of uh increase in the visibility of esports impacted your com- you and your company.
1: Oh it's it's huge. Um, I mean it seems like everybody has heard of esports now, which is a big thing because before you mentioned esports, they kind of blank look, but now you mention it to you know even parents or whoever and they go, oh yeah, I've heard of that. So so that that's a big hurdle. And then also just getting the acceptance of of gaming as uh, as a um a, a real uh, like a profession or pastime that that is valuable, and that's not just some um teenage kid in a basement thing right and and so just raising the level and awareness of gaming as uh, as a media right as as a viable um and for me a viable and probably the maybe the best learning medium that's out there because um games as opposed to videos or books or whatever other media um, games are by definition, like active, right? So they're interactive. So, so therefore you have to be active in order to consume the media. So therefore, um, and we know that, you know, there's no real learning without active learning. And so it forces you to be active. So you just can't slough off and kind of like semi watch a lecture and then say, Oh yeah, I, I, I learned it. Um, because you know, you probably list about 10% of it. But if you're playing a game, in order to get to the next part, next level, you have to actively participate. So you actively learn.
0: Sure. And you know, it's interesting to me that um now, you know, games and esports is more of a common thing, but you've been doing this for a while. So was there a time that if someone asked you what you did for a living and you explained it you got some puzzled looks
1: oh all the time yeah i mean i mean um yeah to to make the connection with games and education and then have to go over why games are can be good but you know what really helps is that there's there's so much research now on game-based learning on very different on all these different areas of game-based learning so there's so much new interest like Just in the past 10 years or so, and you've got a lot of universities have, you know, um, not only game design programs, but also research in in games and how they they are effective in in the education space. So I think as we get more acceptance and more um, more just visibility and um, it just becomes like in the future, it won't be game based learning it'll just be learning because everybody kind of expect everything to feel like be game like. So that, right. that's my vision of the future.
0: Sure, and you then I'll, just
1: be, then I'll just be learning designer, no game-based learning designer.
0: Right there, you go. Okay, <laughs> you know, so it's interesting because I do get emails every day of research done in esports and gaming, and they're generally at the PhD, masters, collegiate level. They're producing these papers and you know, the amount of research is phenomenal because I would say that every day at least I get one. So, uh, you know, one email of a new paper. And, you know, so it's, it, it is a really common thing, although a lot of people may not realize how much, how much uh, of a research topic this is. Um, so, um, what, what is the future um, for, um your company and game-based learning aside from what you've discussed?
1: Uh, I think, so this kind of this pandemic, like a remote and then hybrid and then back in person and then maybe back to hybrid or something. It, it's an interesting, um, well, it's an interesting time, of course, but it's an interesting time for innovation and an interesting time for um, for um, using and and so different, um, types of game-based learning, like activities, right? So we can have um, remote escape games or even hybrid escape escape games or in-person. Like, so when you you combine like um, um, sort of an immersive theater, so one of my projects is trying to combine immersive theater with escape gaming and having the immersive theater telling a story, uh, but then having the escape games adding that interactivity. and so, uh, how do you merge these two and how do you make them in person, hybrid, remote only, and make them fun, um, enjoyable, participatory learning experiences? So, I think where we're kind of headed is more innovation in all the different spaces, and especially with new technologies coming in, with VR becoming cheaper and AR solutions and phones becoming more, um, you know, better phones, more ubiquitous, more. Uh, more capacity and and so I think all the all the different um, technology and all the different ideas and especially when we get kids graduating as game designers or as thinking like gamers, um, we'll get just more and more innovation into the space and then you know it'll just become learning again. Everything will be fun and interactive and and that's where we want to get to is is learning. You go through your whole school career and learning is fun the whole way through, not a drudgery.
0: Sure. And then people will go, oh, no, I have to work.
1: And, but <laughs> and we want to make work fun, too.
0: True. That's absolutely true. And people will not want to be at home because that's not as doing tours is not as exciting <laughs> as all of this gaming. So now um, how you mentioned virtual reality, you mentioned mobile games. So how impactful are those two on what you're doing?
1: Uh, vr not as much right now because i think we're still in the phase of adoption that we it's um, uh, you know we, it's come down in price and more and more people have it but it's still um it's still limited to those that can afford it so so i like to work on programs basically my kind of my philosophy is, is just to try to work on programs that can reach like the inner cities in the mess so i do work with the inner city of la schools there and so what can kids there do or even you know in 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 rural areas or even in poor countries what can we do to bring this game-like environment into those areas so um one one idea that um uh, my immersive escape game idea first um started off as how can we turn an ordinary classroom use some sheets to cordon off the room make different rooms in there and then how can we tell a story and make like a little escape game in just a classroom, using like basic materials that any teacher can use, or any any, uh, and that doesn't cost a whole bunch. So I think with VR, I like you know wait to come down in price to the hat where everybody has it. With V with a, with AR though, I think with phones um, and it, you know, you know with with uh, all the technology being being integrated into the phones and even cheaper phones and once that happens and everybody can you know we've got everybody playing pokemon go when it came out too. so um i think that has um bigger potential for for uh, mass adoption right now so that's i think that's where i want to think of next so one idea i have i could share is that that um how to map um an environment so you can map in like a historical story and map it onto like a playground or a school ground right and you can have them going through their school ground but then actually in AR is the historical environment and you can have them go through quests and things like that and living inside that historical environment AR
0: well that that would be fantastic
1: yeah i don't you could uh, do you could do like an actual esports competition out there in AR that's something to think about
0: sure wow that's that is really a terrific idea so um, let me just ask you, are you having, are there, is there any pushback from parents about what you're doing?
1: Oh yeah. All the time. I mean, and traditional teachers that have been there for years, right. Then, you know, they don't want to change from their you know binder of lesson plans to something different. Uh, and then parents, you know, obviously you've got still the stigma of games just being some frivolous pastime. So, but once they see like, um, one benefit of like of a game-based learning experience of maybe just a minecraft game that that teaches a little bit of math or something once they see that uh um, then they said then it kind of opens their eyes a little bit saying that okay it's not just a complete waste of time and so um it's still a sell to, to a lot of people but i think the more that you know we're in this space and that we're sharing things like this um and the more the awareness Level is uh, is is risen so so I think um, we we will hit a thre- we'll hit a, a point where where most people are okay with it and then we'll really take off I think
0: sure um, and that might be a, a new era um, uh, even uh, uh, so much exciting stuff and so um, uh, let's conclude by having you tell us about. Um, how people can contact you if they want to invest in what you're doing or if they want to uh, seek uh, game-based learning from your company.
1: Yeah, so you can contact me on the website, probably in the notes, but it's gametrainlearning.org. I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, You just search for my name. Uh, And Twitter is under Learn. Also, um, I... um, Esports um, company is that we think I we think inc.us, and if we can put that in the notes too. Um, so you can take a look at what we're doing there. Um, and so yeah, you can contact me anytime. Any of those places. Oh, one other thing for any educators out there, I am um, I run a uh, uh, game based learning certificate program for educators through Cal State Fullerton. So you can look it up there
0: fantastic well randall thank you so much we learned so much today from you and i hope everyone who's watched will uh contact you
1: great thanks it's, it's always fun talking about education and uh i can do this all day so thanks all right
0: that. so uh thank you to our viewers for joining us today next week my guest will be seth shore we'll be talking about ninth aisle esports and if you don't know uh hawaii is uh, the other islands and Las Vegas is the ninth island. See you then. Aloha.